Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah. What about that one? Oh, it's Dello. Unbelievable. Aguero. Here's Aloisi for a place in the World Cup. He's Welcome to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod, where we help you find your winning edge in the ever-intriguing world of sports betting. Jimmy Buckley here with you again, and we have a massive show previewing the British Open Championship. We're joined by our head of commercial in the UK and racing and sports golf expert, Jack Kelleher. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, debut. Our, <laughs> debut, mate. Very excited about this. Uh, and you tell me you're not quite up in sunny Fife for this one. You're uh, you're down in York for a little while, and from what I can tell, very much looking forward to this. Can't wait. It's uh, the highlight of the year if you're a golf fan over in the UK, for sure. I know people talk about the Masters, the US Open, and the other PGA, but this, this is the one. This is the right to be crowned champion golfer of the year. 150th Open Championship, uh, where else but St Andrews, and... Can you remember a more intriguing build-up? We've got, uh, as you say, the best in the world, but we also have a handful of, of rebel golfers who have gone off to the live tour, Greg Norman's live tour, chasing all sorts of uh, prize money and dreams. A few of them are going to be lining up come Thursday. Jack, what does that do to this tournament and, and how intriguing is it to see just the kind of reception these players are going to get. Well, it's certainly interesting. I mean, from a from a punter's and a fan's point of view, it possibly is the last time that we'll see this group of players play together, which is sad in some respects. You know, depending on what happens between the three tours moving forward, um, it could be the last time the elite get together in a 156-man field. So it's, uh, it's certainly interesting. I mean, certainly speaking from... Um, uh, some of the texts that I've received from, from marshals that are up on the course this week, there's lots of rumours that are flying around, certainly regarding one of your homeboys uh, in um, in Cam Smith. Lots of rumours flying around about he's, uh, this, you know, he's on his way to, to the Rebel Tour, which would uh, mm. be interesting. So maybe may, maybe that'll be uh, some breaking news for the podcast. But uh, wow. it's, um, yeah, it's going to make, um, it's going to make, it's going to make for interesting viewing. But, like I say, I think it might be the first time this or last time this group gets together. It'd be sad if it is the case, but you know, it's a great, great event. The place to have 150th for sure. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think it's a wide open event given the way that St Andrews plays. So I think we're in for fun this week. I think we're going to see birdies, going to see lots of fun, and let's hope that the distractions around um, the Live Golf Tour and, and Greg Norman's little venture uh, isn't too off-putting, and we get a, a world-class event. Well, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on how things pan out. Re Cameron Smith. Now you mention probably going to see a lot of birdies. The weather is pretty good. A little bit breezy, I think, over the four days. Maybe a few patches of rain around, but 
for the most part, sunny and reasonably favourable golf conditions, Jack. So, like you say, we're expecting potentially the leaders here to maybe not shoot the lights out, but uh, certainly provide plenty of highlights. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, Rory back in 2010, he shot 63 day one, didn't he, here? Uh, followed it with an 80 when the wind conditions did change. Um, I'm expecting this year we're going to see, certainly on that first day, winds look like they're going to be 8, 9, 10 mile an hour maximum in the morning. What interests me from a betting angle is it's looking to die down completely in the afternoon, which goes against all my principles from sort of first round leader bet points of view. But we're going to see low scoring. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a 62 out there on day one this week at a 10 under par. It, I genuinely wouldn't. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the RNA set up the golf tournament. They won't want it getting out of hand, but winning scores at St. Andrews, we've got Tiger, I think minus 19, 19 under par in 2000, 15 under par in 2005, Zach Johnson, 15 under par, 2015, Louis. 16 under par, that tells you everything. That's not major championship scores that we associate with with Open. So, yeah, low scoring, plenty of aggressive golf day one. That's where we can look from a betting point of view at the certain players that excel with certain attributes. Mm. So make plenty of birdies, aggressive on par fours. You know, all the data's out there for, for punters and fans alike to, to get themselves stuck into. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking at this week. Low scoring event, people that can make plenty of birdies, people that can show that they can... Um, that they can get off to a hot start and you know if you, you're not going to be playing catch up this week you know if you're not in it in, the, in that top 20 round one um, it's not a course they're coming back to you on yeah okay look I'm, I'm, I'm curious to ask you a couple of things I mean we'll get to where you've settled I guess in terms of golfers to to back and to follow and potentially delay this week but can I ask you to maybe just expand on that a little bit the process that you utilize are uh, in a major championship, and I suspect a very similar process is used throughout the year for uh, different PGA and European Tour events. As, as a golfing punter, how should we be approaching this British Open? Well, I won't tell people how they should, but how I approach um, the, the golf tournaments of this week, you know, I won't be, <laughs> it's, um, look, what I like to do is look at the, how the course will play. So I like to identify before I'm looking at the players, how that course is going to play, what the winning score is going to be roughly, and then the attributes that are required um, in, in order to be successful at that course. So each and every week, I'll pick out maybe 10 key stats that I believe are, are looking at historical data, looking at reports for that course that week, um, reading as much of the uh, insights that you can get from the course designers, from, from the club pros, from people that are local to that event that. Uh, People that play the, the, the course, so forums um, of people, of scratch golfers, professionals that go around playing the world's leading courses, what their views are on these courses, try and understand what that winning score will be and what the key attributes. So, for example, this week at the Open, it, it's different to maybe looking at the Masters, for example, or, or it's different to looking at the US Open. So for me, this week, it's current form. You know, you've got to arrive at, a, at, a, at an Open Championship in good current form. That's, a, that's an opinion, but it's backed up statistically as well. I think the last five winners of the event have all had a top three in one of their last five starts. I think 16 of the last 21 winners, so we're going back to 2000 here, have, have, um, have had a win in that calendar year. So arriving in current form is key this week and also arriving with some good open form. So nine of the last 11 winners have all had a top 10 at the open, exceptions being Louis Ustase in 2010 
and last year in Colin Morikawa. And Colin Morikawa is a freak. He won here on debut and he won the uh, PGA on debut 18 months back. So he's an anomaly. He's a freak of a golfer. So that, that's the first thing for me this week. I want to look at the current form, the open form. And then this is a wide open course. So strokes gained off the tee at Open Championships, huge, critical to, to success. If you're not gaining strokes off the tee, you're not going to be winning this golf tournament. So I want players on side straight away that demonstrate over the short term, last 24 rounds maybe, and over the last 40, 50, 60 rounds, that they can that they can consistently gain strokes over their competitors off the tee. Par 4 scoring for me will be huge this week. We've got 12 par 4s. In a par 72 layout, that's not the norm. So usually we'd have 4 par 3s, 4 par 5s, and 10 par 4s in a par 72 setup. Not the case this week. 14 par 4s and 7 of them under 400 yards in length. So that's why we're going to get low scoring. And then with all opens, look, it's going to be fast and third. So I want to look at those players that can scramble well, get up and down, strokes game data around the green. And finally, this week, like this will be the first time I've looked at, to give you an example of sort of my process, first time I've looked at this year. So we're probably 25 events in, a three-put avoidance and long-range putting. Right. Um, like putting. Why? Because we've got double greens here at St. Andrews there. But you're going to have plenty of puts from 40, 50, 60. There'll be a put this week from 100 foot. That's not the standard on the PGA Tour. Um, so so that's what I want to do. I want to narrow down those key stats. I mean, I could go on, but like I said, there's a lot of short holes this week. So there's going to be you know, a lot of 50 to 100 yards wedge shots, which again, it's a half swing shot for a professional. It's not a shot that they play day in, day out. It's more of a field shot. So I'll have data that will support me, players that I understand to have a good feel around the greens with these short shots. I mean, names that spring to mind, Patrick Reed, Shane Lowry, Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, massive underrated short games, but they're field players. Um, they're not process players, you know, not addicted to trap man, that type of thing. So that's my process each and every tournament, really. And certainly for the majors, that's how I want to go about it. What are the key attributes? What do I think the winning score will be? And how do the player profiles fit these attributes? And that helps me narrow down my player pool. Mm. Then I'll start to look at the prices that are available to me. So, that, yeah, that will give, a, I suppose, the, the, the listeners an idea of that. You know, and I think it's you know fairly common approach as to how um, you know, successful golf hunters approach the event. So having put the 2022 Open Championship through that, that fairly rigorous and very well thought out process, so where, where do we sort of land ahead of, uh, ahead of round one on Thursday? Well, first round leader style, I'm looking at the PM wave, so that's not usual for me. I usually like to look at the AM, so that's where I'm looking. I mean, we've got some of the stars that are going out in the afternoon, Ram, Smith, Cantlay, Omer, Burns, the Scotty Scheffler and your Scotty, Adam Scott. I think he's actually underrated golfer this week, by the way, after his failing at Royal Lytham, which I was at. It's just around the corner for me. That'll live long in the memory. I'd love to see him bounce back. Mm. But yeah, in terms of in terms of selections from this, me this week, I've not ventured down the leaderboard too far. So I say the market's too far for my headline selection. Um, but I just can't see past Rory going well this week. So that's an obvious one, not giving the listeners much there, but... <laughs> He's got five top tens in the last seven starts. Um, Gain strokes off the tee regularly, one of the best players in the world off the tee. Um, he's dialed his iron game back recently. He's a lot less aggressive with iron in hand, so he's actually leaning, leading green in regulation stats over the past six, eight weeks on tour. Not something you associate with Rory. Quite like that about his game going into this week. He also seems in a good play. He's loving the fact that he is the centre of attention over in, we represented the PGA Tour against Liv. 
He's loving that. That's Rory all over. So when Rory's feeling good, when he's got that bouncing stride, you see it on telly when he's walking down the fairways. When he's got that ar- arrogance and swagger about him, he's a dangerous man. His odds probably aren't, um, you know, I wouldn't say value, so to speak, but with golf betting, slightly different maybe to looking at the horse racing. I'm prepared to have maybe a little bit of minus EV on a player that I, I just can't see him not having a good run at it this week. In terms of some more long-range picks, the, the, the data stacks up to be in favour of. Tony Finnau interests me. So Tony had a dismal 12 months coming out of COVID, but he's got two top 10s at the Open previously. Um, upturn in form recently, two top 10s in his last four events worldwide. He's, he's a world-class lag putter. He's not a world-class putter, but he's a world-class lag putter. I'll tell you another player like that, not going to be relevant this week, but Bubba Watson. Um, Bubba's got great success at the Masters. Tony also has um, good success at the Masters, albeit not a winner. Top five finishes there. And that, of course, correlates quite well with St. Andrews. I'll come on to that with sort of one of my other picks. And it doesn't surprise me. They're both wide open off the tee. It's about approach play and it's about putting. You know, people think the Masters, um, you know, it's a putting contest. And this week, in a sense, will be a little bit like that. Tony's a good long-range putter. Doesn't make many bogeys on tour. Hitting lots of greens in regulation right now. Dialed in with his irons at 50-1. to 1, He's probably one of the players that I would say is a value play. You know, I like his price. He should he should be closer to 40-1 to 1, in my opinion. You know, only going to smaller bit of small edge in our favour, but he'd be certainly someone further down the leaderboard that interests me at a proper price. And then I guess a guy from your homeland in, in Cam we touched on it from the start. I mean, I was I woke up this morning at the, to receive these texts, like I say, of some of the stewards that are up there in uh, St Andrews, and lots of rumours that he's spending a lot of time with the, with the live representatives. Walked off the course today, apparently after being very dismal in his practice rounds, and just and just threw it away. The wind was blowing at sixteen seventeen. I don't know Cam as a person, don't know his character, but it's, you know, I, I don't like that. Um, but having said that, my money's down. You know, I've, uh, this is, uh, you know, I've placed my bets on him earlier in the week and uh, going into last week. He's 28 to 1 in the UK market. I think about 25 over in the Australian market, given the fact that I'm sure that they'll take a bit more, uh, take more liability on him with him, with him being one of the guys that uh, you're always going to favour in, in your homeland. Top 20 at the Open once before. But it's more his profile of where he grew up playing golf over in Australia. Very, you know, very fast, firm conditions like we're going to see this week at St. Andrews. An amazing short game. Makes loads of birdies. Cam's one of these players that can string six, seven birdies together. Uh, he's done it, I think, twice already on the PGA Tour this year where he struck six birdies at seven holes together. Something like that at St. Andrews on these short courses where he can hit iron off the tee. So he doesn't have to get that driver out of his bag where he can hook it left. He can hit iron and fairway wood off the tee, put himself into position and rely on his world-class short game. One of them, you know, is world-class. He's second in birdies made. He does, he's top five in proximity to the hole from 50 to 100 yards. He plays the par fours better than anyone else on tour over the, over the past season. At 28 to 1, he's certainly somebody who interests me. My money's down on him. I'd have actually put him in terms of, you know, someone to put a gun to my head and watch your headline selection. <laughs> Until about an hour ago, it would have been Cam Smith. Uh, I'm a little nervous of what I'm reading, but I'm sure that Cam's going to be motivated come Thursday morning to give himself the best chance. So he's a competitor, isn't he? Oh, and he's yeah. got his eyes on being world number one. Yeah, well, so. yeah, as you say, I mean, it, it may turn out to be a, a huge week or two for, for Cam Smith, depending on uh, on how things play out. There are also, of course, uh, with a lot of the Australian books, the uh, the best Australian performance. So that could be 
could be definitely one to look at. And I know you mentioned Mark Leishman before too, who I think is well suited here. Anyone else in your in your stable for this weekend? Yeah, I've got Shane Lowry. So Shane Lowry is in, is in my portfolio for the week. Open champion already. Been there, done it. Bought that T-shirt. Uh, underrated iron game. Uh, the best short game on the PGA Tour. Backed up by the stats. And uh, he'll have his eyes on that prize this week. This will be one he feels he can take down. He's the, more, he's, he's the best he's ever been in his career now as a golfer. He, he, he's so much more consistent than he was even when he won at Fort Rush two years back. Uh, his game's better. And you know he's going to he's going to go close to me this week. If the wind does pick up, it would really enhance his chances. So he he's another. And then a local boy, Tommy Fleetwood. Look, I can't put him up as a value play at the prices that are available now. He's thirty three to one. That's too short. But if you're wanting a thumber and uh, a player that you know has got a genuine chance, he's got good open form. He's got good Alfred Dunhill links form, which is at the same course, albeit the setup is different. He's arriving here in an upturn. So he's top five last week at Scottish Open. He's playing a lot better golf over the last six weeks. He's proven he can go lower Open Championships. He shot a sixty three at the U.S. Open a few years back second at the Open in 2019. But, I, I, you know, I couldn't put him up as a value play as such. But if you're looking for, you know, a, a, a small $5, $10 bet and want someone to run into those enhanced places, then, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, discourage people from looking at Tommy Fleetwood. And another UK-based guy in uh, Tyrrell Hatton. So Tyrrell Hatton, he actually, I think, his value this week. He, and my big concern with Tyrrell and why he doesn't make the main portfolio, look, I have a small wager on him, but um, he, it's his temperament to take down a major championship. Do I think he's got it between the years? I'm not quite sure that he's shown me that yet. He has won big tournaments. He's won the, uh, the Arnold Palmer over in the PGA Tour. But he's got an incredible record at this course from the Alfred Dunhill Links winner in 2015. It might be 16, 17, actually. But he's a two-time winner here. Um, not many players go back-to-back at tournaments. So he certainly likes the course. And I think his price is fair and reflective of his true chances at round 45 to 1 with the UK Sportsbooks. That's a pretty good grouping of golfers that you have there. Is there any any other way that, that you play an Open Championship or... Do you sort of try and fade a couple of golfers or are there any other, other side props that you might throw up uh, just for a, for a bit of fun that, that have tickled uh, your fancy this week? For sure. Look, I'm playing across all the markets to try and find as uh, you know as much value as I can. Um, best bet of the week for me. Mm. Um, not sure what mark, you know, where you'd find it. I know Bet365 have it um, in the UK, so I'm sure that'll be replicated on the Aussie site, would be Top Senior, and that's Patrick Harrington. He was nine to four when the market opened. I think he's just under. He's one of those funky prices now of nine to five. Mm. Not quite sure. Is fifteen to eight, seven to four? But um, he, he, I can't see him. You know, for me, he's a he's a five to four shot in that market. He's playing against people that probably haven't held a club this year. I see him as he's got one competitor in Phil Mickelson. Phil's not at the races right now. That is a standout bet for me. And another one in the sort of props markets is as they refer to, I guess, it'd be um, Vert Wiesberger, Wiesberger to beat Set Stracker in the top Austrian market. He's 8 to 11. I'm making a 4 to 7 shot. Stracker's only been at the Open once in his career, uh, or I think qualified once, and it was the COVID year that it got cancelled. Uh, Wiesberger's made 5 of 7 cuts here. I think a cut season him through this week and winning that. So, yeah, that, that in terms of prop markets and side markets, that's where I'll be looking. And then, I'm always looking at the, the top 20, top 40 markets that are available. So players that genuinely probably don't have a chance of winning the tournament, but they're exceptional golfers. And 
they've got the skill sets required to outperform their um, their odds reflective in the market. So somebody like Seamus Power, an Irish, you know, he, he lives over in the in the US now, but an Irish-born player. He's got four top twenties in his last seven starts worldwide, and he's in the best form of his career. He's gaining strokes in all the key areas of the tee, approach, play around the green. He's like eighty to one in the outright win market, hundred to one bet, um, maybe even greater, about one ten. He can't win the golf tournament, but he can certainly top twenty. So I'll have a portfolio of the players in that top twenty and top thirty market, uh, which is where one of the other, you know, I've mentioned him at the start, but Adam Scott. Adam Scott's got, you know, there's a lot of re- reports coming over from Ireland where he's been doing his practicing this week that he's he's, he's dialed in. He's got five top tens at the Open. Three of those, I think, were top fives. In fact, he's been there, done it, and bought the T-shirt at this event before. He ranks highly in proximity to the hole. He's long off the tee. If his flat stick holds up this week, he's got a real good shot at top twenty, at a real fair price. I mean, you know, he's over. He's eighty to one in the betting. One twenties on bet fair win only. Do I think he can probably get the win? I'm not sure at forty years of age, but he's a backdoor top twenty. He's a consistent golfer. He won't be distracted by all the nonsense that's going on in the golfing world. Very private man. Keeps himself to himself. He'll be well prepped. I like his chance. I like his attitude. Same with your guy, Leash. You know, Leash here. In that top 20 market, these are the types of players that I don't think Leash has got the, the confidence in his game right now to take down this tournament, but his skill sets are good enough for him to outperform his odds. He's been dismissed. You know, you go back six months, this guy's talked about for Augusta. He's coming into form. I think he won one of the events with Cam, actually, the paired events at the New Orleans Zurich Classic. But he's coming, you know, he, he, he'd have been a slightly better form with the fact that he was second here in 2015. He'd be a lot shorter in the betting. So he's shown that he can play this course. He, he can go low. He makes plenty of birdies. That's the type of player. So I've backed Scotty, I've backed Leash, and I've backed Power all in the top 20 market. And I'd encourage punters to have a look in those markets as well. You get a lot of value for your money and you place in a bet prior to Thursday. You know, as long as you don't get off to a bad start, you've got a lot of value for your money, you've got enjoyment. And, you know, this, you know, part of betting is fun and enjoyment. Obviously, we all want to win. That's the game that we're in. But first and foremost, you've got to enjoy the wages you place. And I think sometimes the outright bets can be, you know, they, they can fall on deaf ears after after sort of two or three hours. And, it, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's sore, isn't it? So with a top 20 bet, top 30 bet, you've got a lot more value and, um and still getting some nice payouts. You know, if we were getting a horse winner at 5-1, to 6-1, to 7-1, to one, we'd be absolutely delighted. So why shouldn't we be delighted with a 5-6-1 or six to one top 20 winner in the golf? You know, we don't have to always shoot for a 50-1 to one outright. No, you're absolutely right there, I think. Um, look, Jack, I've, I've got one more question for you, and I know we could, we could dead set talk for hours here, running through the entire field, <laughs> but um, just keen to get your opinion quickly. What are you expecting from Tiger this weekend? Oh... <laughs> Don't want to talk. <laughs> I think this could be the last time we see him at an Open Championship. Mm. I think I think there's a reason that he's over here playing the pro am, seeing a lot of friends and things. I think it might be uh, last week over at the JT Map Manage. I think I think we'll see a wave on the on the bridge this week at St Andrews as he as he walks over the 18th hole. Um, look, he can't win for me. There's a lot of talk about people never rule Tiger out. Um, I was one of the people that I laid him when he won the Masters. <laughs> that will be living the memory for forever. Yeah, that, that hurt. But uh, you should never rule Tiger out. But he can't win for me this week. He, he can't top 20. He, I've watched a bit of his practice rounds um, that I've been able to get access to. I've spoke to a few stewards and things that are up, up there that have been able to, to follow him round. He, he doesn't look in the best of health from what I can gather. But he's the one that moves the needle. 
for those of you that want uh, a bet on it, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, to make the cut and not to make the cut market. I would imagine he'll be around five to four. I've not actually looked at this market, but I'm going to guess he's around five to four to, to make to, to make the cut. If you want a fun bet on Tiger, maybe that's the one. But that'll be his best of chances for me. So there's a transition in golf, isn't there? With JT and Rory being the forefront of the PGA Tour, you've got DJ Brooks and the guys now fronting up the Live Tour. Um, there's a changing of the guard and Tiger, in my view, sad to say, but his days of competing at the top echelon for golf are behind him. Well, let's hope that that wave on the 18th to the adoring fans is at the end of the fourth round and not the second, if not just yeah. for sentimental value. Uh, all right, well, let's just run through these quickly, Jack. Now, we'll start with, I think, uh, a very, very intriguing bet here, which I like a lot. The first round leader in the PM, given the weather conditions, Definitely worth uh, having a play at. Rory McIlroy, $11, looks very hard to beat. Tony Finau, still 50 to 1 with some sports books. Cam Smith, uh, depending on where you shop, you might get $23, $26. Shane Lowry, a similar quote, maybe a, a fraction less than that. And then Tommy Fleetwood, $36. Tyrrell Hatton at $41, may give you a, a run for your money. The best yeah. bet, well, top senior, Podrick Harrington, I think that's a, that's a fantastic play. And uh, I really like the uh, the burnt Weisberger top Austrian. I think you've found an absolute ripper there. And I don't know uh, I don't know how many people have actually been trawling the top Austrian market. So, like you say, potentially no, valid. Yeah. I like it a lot. Seamus Power top twenty. Adam Scott top twenty. Mark Leishman potentially top twenty. They all make sense, mate. That's yeah. um, that's a, a fairly comprehensive stable of betting tickets that you've got uh, loaded up for the next four <laughs> days, mate. It sounds like uh, it's going to be wall-to-wall golf for you this weekend, mate. It certainly is. Can't wait. And um, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure the guys over in Australia will be able to get plenty of viewing of it. I think it'll start around this time, won't it, actually, um, yeah. so 3, 4 p.m. Uh, you'll be able to get a good five or six hours in. And, uh, no, looking forward to the event. Certainly the best bet, as you say, Patrick Harrington. That's stealing money for me. Just think it's in this five to four shot about a two to one chance, so um, and that's that's where you make money in the betting game. Mm-hmm. Look, outright different story. A lot of guesswork involved. A lot of things under well, said guesswork. You do your prep, but a lot of things that are out of your control. One hundred and fifty six players go to post. Always difficult to land on the right one, but um, we'll do our best and hopefully, like you say, in that portfolio, there is a, there's a winner or two. If not. I uh, probably won't be speaking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much, Jack. We appreciate your time. And I, I was just going to say a, a very impressive debut here on the, the Racing and Sports Punters pod, and I can guarantee the listeners that you will be invited back. No, thank you very much. It's been great being on, and uh, good luck to everyone, and, and, and I hope you enjoyed the, the podcast.